back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you get a chance, please, 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 please give us that five-star review, that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Also, as well, if you can, share, like, subscribe, or tell a friend if they're a Lakers fan or basketball fan about all the good things that are going on at the Lakers Fast Break. Had a lot of great conversations in the past few weeks. and In the past couple months since the coronavirus hit, I've had some great conversations with not only my current guest today, but Stone Hansen from DraftSide.com. I've got one coming up with him again. Thanks him so much for being on the show. Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Just been so tremendous being on the show. TJ Johnson, the new dad. Not only do I have a great conversation from him earlier last month, but also as well, we've got a great conversation hopefully coming up with him if he can go ahead and keep the baby asleep for a little while. That's coming up as well, hopefully later this week. And then also as well, Michael Weisenberg from Perspective Insight and also the Stepium. Thank, cannot thank all of them for the great conversations I've had. Just, just a great part. If you're missing out on it, just please go back, listen to all the great stuff that we're doing right here at Lakers Fast Break. But he's back once again to talk about some certain things going on with major decisions that these NBA players are making in lieu of what's going on with the major issues that are out there in regards to social injustice, in regards to race relations, police reform, defunding the police, all those touchy subjects right now, all those issues that are concerning everyone out there there's a lot going on as far as the players are concerned, whether or not they should stay where they're at and help fight the social injustices and get some reform really done, or go and head to Orlando to play and make also make a statement as well in front of millions and millions of uh, viewers that are, that are out there that could potentially be out there when they're watching the basketball games as well, starting in July 31st. So this quandary, this type of question is going back and forth. I know... There's been a certain amount of players, about 100 players, led by Kyrie Irving, the vice president of the Players Basketball Union, talking about how the players should stick together and not go to Orlando. And among them are Lakers stars Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard, who are also voicing their opinions and, and leaning on that side as well. So we're going to talk about that, about the quandary that a lot of these players are in, and how there's no real wrong or right answer but with me today to talk about that is my good friend. We've got to go ahead and check out the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. And the guy who runs it all, I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, a lot of things going on for Lakers fans. But again, I want to make sure and let everybody know this is a time that you cannot be selfish. It's a time that, you know, as much as we want the Lakers to win this championship and be at full strength, you got to respect and understand the individuals that are out there and these players, whatever decision that they make. I agree 100%, Gerald. It's really pretty a marvelous situation that we're watching because, as I said before we got on the air, I went to Berkeley in the 60s, to tell you how old I am, and I've been on a lot of peace protests and different things, and I haven't seen this type of worldwide or American interest in a cause as I have the way that Black Lives Matter has gotten a hold of the consciences of America and the rest of the world. 
the protests that continue and the reasons for the protests continuing that just continue that keep seem to keep up happening every day are something that I think is galvanizing the entire population. We're seeing a movement that I think, unlike all of the other movements that we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years that seem to reach a tipping point and then just sort of fade away into the background, I think we're finally maybe going to see something that is going to lead to substantial, substantive change and and hopefully uh, really make some differences in the racial injustice that we're seeing happening every day. So I'm really excited about that. And, and I can understand how black NBA players are all of a sudden wondering, you know, what what can I do best to help the movement? What can I do best to further the cause? Um, should I, is there, is there a way, a route to boycott and, and draw more attention? Does playing, does actually going down to Orlando and playing in games without fans, does that prove to be a distraction? against what everything that's happening in the streets and and the the movements that we have for for changing how we envision police departments and changing what the rules are for how corporations treat uh, minority platforms and so forth and it's a tough time for players that have to make some big decisions because not only is there are their own careers at risk but in some ways the future of the NBA is at risk if they players refuse or enough of them refuse to show up in Orlando that the league then cancels the season, the logical outcome of that is probably for the league to, for the owners to enforce the major, the force majeure clause on their, on the collective bargaining agreement and terminate the CBA. That would then throw everything into turmoil. Not only would you see a, elimination of the season this season but very well could end up in a lockout for next season that could go on and on and and it's hard to see how i mean you're splitting up a much smaller pie considering the effect of the pandemic and the loss of crowds the players association believes truthfully that we will not see fans until the year after next year which means that we're talking about this the rest of this season and next season not having losing 40% of the revenue, which is going to affect the profits of the, the profits and losses of the teams as well as the players. So it's a, it's a major situation that you're going to look at. And like you say, it's, it's a situation that is, there really is no right or really is no wrong. Everybody's going to have opinions. And the only hope we can really have is that the leadership of the Players Association and of the NBA itself will somehow find common ground in order to be able to accomplish both things, to be able to actually start the games again and resume the season so that we'll have basketball back, but at the same time, use that platform of the games and of, of playing and, and of the media and everything in order to help push the Black Lives Matter and all of the other associated reforms that we're hoping we'll make to our society and our laws. It's got to be a winner-take-all situation where both sides win. Um, and I think that we're seeing, we're seeing an atmosphere that I've never seen before in all my years that, that we really, we really can have hope that there's going to be some substantive change uh, to bring justice back to the situation and to, and to do away with the systemic racism that's, that's really 
reached unparalleled levels at this point in time. And that's the thing we need to consider is, you know, we were always saying before in podcasts before that, you know, there was such a great relationship between Adam Silver and the league and the players union. And, you know, they had come to an understanding and they come to an agreement about this. And then it seems like it, it hit them once they said, okay, the players ratified for the most part, you know, what was going on with Orlando and they hit them. I might need to be, even if I'm not on a competitive team or a team that's going to win this championship, I might have to be there for two months. I might have to be there for three months. I, I might have to be there for an extended period of time away from my family. And even though if you make the pass the first round of the playoffs, you can, your family will, can be there up to three members. Still, the, the whole process, again, it seemed like everything was okay. And then all of a sudden it was not okay for being there. And I understand, again, and I truly want to support any player that stays out and want to support any player that goes to Orlando, either which way, because this is not an easy time for any NBA player at this point in time to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go down to Orlando, but am I missing out on doing this for social justice? And if I'm doing this to going to Orlando, am I going? is that better for me to go ahead and represent what I need to represent and what I need to promote is is equality and police reform and social injustice and things of that nature. Is, is that a better option to do there or is it going ahead and demonstrating and protesting out in the seats and being with the people who are there on the front lines doing this? It's like I said, it's, it's a catch 22. It's you're 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 either damned or you're not. And you know, it's for me. It's actually either you're you're not you're you're making a good decision either which way. Is you're if you're going, you stay. It's for the right reasons. If you go to Orlando, it's also for the right reasons because you're trying to help. You know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are not making the supermax contracts. A lot of these guys are not making the large, fifty, seventy, one hundred million dollar contracts over the course of three, four years and whatnot. A lot of these guys are on the, the, you know, a lot of these guys are maximizing their money now and they're only getting, you know, seven figures or just barely about there or they're not having the big, large salaries. So they have to keep that in perspective that whatever gets cut is going to be cut substantially more if they don't show up. So it's a it's a catch 22 what you're thinking as far as do I stay or do I go? But you're making a good decision either which way, whether you want to support those who you care about from home or you wonder you want to support and make a statement and make a message on you know in front of a live tv audience and also at the same time support your family as well it's, a, it's either way you cannot have you know can't no one can say it's a bad decision yeah i think that there's and then there's a range there there's really four different groups as far as i can tell you've got one group that includes lebron james that basically they want to play yeah, and they have a chance to win a championship. It includes most of the players on the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, and the, the teams that are going to be in the heart of the playoffs, um, or the young players that really want to get in there, like Zion Williamson, and show what he can do in his first chance in the playoffs. So you've got a you've got one set of players that they want to go. They're they're more than willing to you know to use every opportunity ever to promote the causes that they believe in and and to help the help the campaigns that they're supporting but they basically want to play they want the opportunity to finish the season 
then you've got another group that's that's headed by you know Dwight Howard and and ostensibly by Kyrie Irving that basically says you know playing is a distraction. What we should be doing is being down on the streets with the people that are protesting, and and focusing our attention on that and on our families and the opportunity, the opportunity to make a change that for 400 years we've been trying to make. This is a not just a generational change; it's a change in the direction of 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 the entire country and maybe the world. I mean, the rallies that we've seen in in other countries supporting. Uh, Black Lives Matter in America have, have just been astounding. So you've got another group there that that's taken a, a completely different tack, that, that the best way to promote and help support the causes that we believe in and make lives better for black Americans is, is to stand with the people and, and not to go out and, and, and to make that sacrifice to stand with the people. Then you've got a third group that they're worried about all of a sudden returning to play after being off three or four months and the prospects of injuries and, and all of those things that go with it. You're going to go into play that you usually don't go into until after playing 80 game season and being in shape and, and really developing. And, and you're going to go into the playoffs, you know, two weeks after you get back after maybe a three or four week training camp to get back into shape. And they're actually seriously worried about how that could impact their careers. There's a whole bunch of guys like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, uh, guys who are ready for their next big contracts, and they're worried about getting insurance to to cover themselves from a from career-threatening, the, career-threatening the, injury that they could incur because of coming back too soon. Or coronavirus extenuating services yeah. from that. It's from that 2017 draft. Yep. They're not eligible for the insurance, so they're trying to go ahead and get started a group from that 2017 draft. And probably, I would assume, everybody else that's heading in there that's actually that age or younger, trying to get a better insurance for themselves heading into this bubble. I don't blame them a bit because, again, a lot of things can happen within that bubble. Well, look at, look at, just look at DeMarcus Cousins, man. He was ready to sign a $170 million contract and... And he tears his knee out, um, and man, then a series of other injuries. So, and then you, you, the whole problem of in the middle of a pandemic, in a state where the cases are rising rapidly right now, Florida, you want to go out and and play in a pandemic. Then you've got a fourth group of guys who their main concern is, I don't want to be locked up for three months. You know how I, you know, I, I, I that's just not right. It's not going to be. You know, what kind of restrictions are we going to have? Uh, can I see my family? What am I going to be able to do? They, you know, that whole sort of feeling that we've all, we've all getting a little stir crazy and cabin crazy the last three months sitting here. And, and so it's easy to imagine that, you know, you're an NBA player and you're going to be locked in Orlando in, in Disney World for, for three months while the playoffs go on. Um, so you've got all of these different, groups that have different points of view of what's important to them and so forth. And overlapping the whole thing is the big denominator of everything, money. Um, you know, guys are looking at, even if the best scenario cases, they're going to make a lot less money the next couple of years because their revenue is very well, a lot of their revenue is tied to the CBA and to the amount of, of revenue, basketball-related income, BRI that's generated 
And a good portion of that comes from fans. Another portion comes from the TV contracts. So you've got this whole thing hanging over that if, I don't know what the percentage is, but maybe if a third of the players all of a sudden don't want to play, that might be enough that the league is forced to cancel. And if they cancel, one of the force majeure clauses in the collective bargaining agreement is epidemics. That gives them a reason in the case of an epidemic for the league to declare, uh, to call force majeure and terminate the collective bargaining agreement. Then all of a sudden you're left to have to no, renegotiate. There'd be no more season and you'd have to renegotiate for next season. And last time we did that, there was a lockout and we missed half a season. I think the one thing that is really promising and hopeful about this whole situation is it's important that all of the players get these discussions in, that all of these four different points of view get expressed and that the people have a chance to, to speak out to them. Some of those situations can possibly be addressed. Maybe we can allow more time for players uh, so that they less risk of injury. Maybe we can expand rosters so guys don't play as many minutes. Maybe we can excuse certain players if they just feel that they can go to Orlando for fear of that. And maybe there can be exceptions made as to the fact that it affects their contracts and so forth. One of the things that Adam Silver has done a great job has been building a consensus around how we solve these touching, difficult problems. And so I think that 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 bodes well for the NBA players. And I, I think the people who run the Players Association uh, have done an excellent job also of making sure that the players all get their right to say what they think and, and get to express their opinion, their opinions and feelings about these issues because they're major issues. We're facing, you know, uh, an unprecedented, different toll of type of new normal for the NBA season than we've ever seen before. And at the same time, we're facing what may be the greatest opportunity in 400 years to bring some more racial justice to this entire society that we live into and to right a lot of the wrongs that are going on. So like you say, there's no right answer or wrong answer, but I think that we're doing the right thing. The players are doing the right thing to have these discussions. And while I may question some of the motivations of certain players that, that aren't that aren't playing right now or that have big contracts who are willing to make sacrifices for other people that don't have those opportunities or money, uh, I think that it's a good thing that, that all of this is coming out. I think that uh, it's something that a lot of it was because the support that the Players Association had given to the NBA was based upon a general proposal. And it was still 80% of it was only determined. There's still 20% that hadn't been determined exactly how are things going to work out. So I think that people are going to voice their opinions. But in the end, I think that the players are going to have to make a decision. And I, and I think that there's, there always has been unanimity of decision making and a, and a feeling of building toward a consensus by the NBA players and the owners. And I think both sides in this particular situation will will work hard to find the right solution because in the long run, I think that there is more to gain and less to lose by the league playing. And the NBA has always been more than any other professional league, very, very supportive of the fact that the majority of its players are black players and they understand those issues and have always been in the forefront of fighting for those issues. And so I think that 
the league and the players will come together. We will see basketball again, and hopefully we will see uh, the platform of the NBA returning to the playoffs as a platform used to really support Black Lives Matter and all of the associated issues that are tied to that, uh, that we'll get hopefully a new kind of police organizations in the future, a new way of dealing with social justice and basketball once again. I hope so, my friend. Uh, I hope so on all accounts, because uh, this world needs to change, and it needs to change for better. We as a society needs to change for the better. It, it, just seeing it each and every day, the the hate that's out there, and it's just wrong. It's, it's just time to end this stuff uh, and end it now, because we need to go ahead and move forward as a society and be better and be more unison and be more one uh, and not see people as one beneath another we need to see each other as equals and and treat each other as such we're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse i see the potential for basically like another netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options moving forward i'm hoping that that's the case but there's still a lot of things to be concerned about when as far as who will stay and who will play in orlando dave McMenamin from espn reported recently over the weekend that there could be some strife among Lakers players. We talked about Dwight Howard making the statement out there that he is considering strongly not playing in Orlando to go ahead and support the cause. Also, Avery Bradley as well as another individual on the team that was part of that call with Kyrie Irving as far as not going to Orlando. So those two players could be in question. Now, when Dave McMenamin reached uh, an unidentified player, when he reached out to unidentified players on the team, one said that they were all unified in playing, and the other one said it's still up in the air. I'm thinking it's still up in the air, my friend, from what I see. And if that's the case, again, I cannot fault Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, or anyone that does not want to go to Orlando to support what's currently going on. Cannot fault them at all. But that still would be a big hit to the Lakers as far as there any championship hopes. Yeah, but I happen to feel that if that if it, if we end up with a situation like that where a few people just because of their own conscience make a decision not to go, I think it's probably going to be you know it, it's just another one of those factors like injuries or testing positive for COVID nineteen as you go into these playoffs. There are going to be multiple players on multiple teams who are going to test positive no matter what you do it's it's going to happen we're seeing 
we're seeing the number of cases increase like crazy. The projections are now that we're going to have 200,000 people dead before the NBA playoffs start, before the NBA finals start. And so that's that's definitely not a situation where the pandemic is under control or no longer is a major factor. So it's and it's a tough needle to thread to figure out exactly how to do this safely, to convince everybody to do it. Um, we may not have everybody there. But, you know, it's just like we saw in the playoffs last year between the Raptors and the Warriors. Everybody wasn't there either. And it's the best five guys are the best guys that you're going to put out on the team. And and next man up has got to show up to win. So I'd hate to lose Dwight and I'd hate to lose Avery. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up with uh, Boogie Cousins playing center. And that's uh, what we want to talk about right now is because you have stated in your Medium column on Medium.com that a possible option would be DeMarcus Cousins returning to the Lakers because I know he will be summoned when that moratorium for free agents is out there. And I think that's at the end of this month. Right. I think there's, there's going to be a moratorium that there's a period of time where you can sign free agents. June 22nd. I think they're going to. Yeah. And that's eight days away from when we're talking. And I want to ask you this, you know, how could the Lakers, let's say everybody does go, let's say Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley do decide to go and everybody does go. How can they still fit DeMarcus Cousins in the, into the equation? Because if he's not picked up by the Lakers, I can tell you right now, he will be picked up by somebody else. Well, all of, first off, I think you have, to, you have to assume that Boogie is healthy, which is not a sure thing because he's had three major injuries to the same leg in the last three years. But... Also, he was on schedule, I think back in February, Frank Vogel said he was on schedule to be ready to play in June. We're looking now at the, let's say, let's say we don't really need him until we get to the Clippers and the Bucks, which is late September. So you're talking about another three and a half months that he's got to recover over and above what they thought he'd be ready. So I'm assuming in some form and manner that Boogie's going to be ready. Now, can a guy, can you, you know, I I basically, my article had four factors or four points why Boogie should be signed by the Lakers. And and I think one of them, I'm assuming too, also is part of this discussion that it's inevitable that the league is going to expand the number of roster places, probably somewhere between 17 and 20 spots. Some teams will basically use their two-way players to get to 17 There'll be two big, there'll be at least two more spots, I think, before we get into the playoffs that the late, that play teams can sign free agent players. Um, and there's a whole series of qualifications as to who qualifies for that. And that, that also is still in flux because I've heard even now that they're talking about changes in the rules that would, that would allow almost everybody who's out there to be signed. Jamal Crawford at one point in time was not able to be on that list because he hadn't played in a G League game or been on anybody's roster. Cousins definitely being on the Lakers roster could could be signed. So I think the four reasons why the Lakers would want to sign Boogie. The first is obviously he could help them win a championship. He's, you know, he's the perfect stretch five player to play alongside Anthony Davis. That's why they signed him in the first place. AD lobbied heavily for it. Boogie and AD had a great experience playing together on the Pelicans. And so it makes perfect sense. Realistically, can you expect a guy who hasn't played for a year and a half and had two major injuries since then 
to actually come out and, and impact you and win a championship with you, that's probably a stretch. But you never know. And uh, you just have to wait and see. I think the next thing is that you need insurance. You need insurance in case Dwight Howard doesn't want to play. In case JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard were to get injured, or in case one of them tested positive for coronavirus. And you got to remember, JaVale McGee suffers from asthma. And so. Yeah, and that's a, that's a very dangerous situation to have when you're talking about a respiratory disease like COVID-19. So, you know, that's another factor that gets into the situation. And so you, 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 you want to be careful about that. And I think probably the most important factor to me is that the Lakers basically still are looking at the opportunity to sign Boogie as a way of getting a superstar that they could not afford to get any other way. And that is by getting a guy who's, they develop loyalty, they bring him along, they keep him on the roster even after he got injured. And it, it gives them, it develops a loyalty because they know that they're doing it for the future. My final position on it is basically that even if Boogie wasn't able to play a single game, I would take the opportunity to sign him uh, just to make sure that you've got him on the team because it's, it's the best way to guarantee that he'll sign him for next year. And then lastly, there's, like you said, if the Lakers don't sign him, somebody's going to sign him. And the last thing we want to do is to play the Clippers or the Bucks or somebody else or, or the Portland Trailblazers in their first round with Boogie being their center. And the Clippers still have a spot available, plus yep. the 10-day contracts that they have currently outstanding with, with Noah and I think one other. But, you know, I think they have got one other player on a 10-day. So that would be up to three spots right. that they could fill. So, you know, you, 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 it just doesn't make any sense not to keep Boogie in the lineup and and I think Can also, they add do they have the space? I think it's almost a sure thing that the league is going to expand the rosters just out of fear of the coronavirus situation. Because what happens if you have two or three people tested positive on a team? You need to have you need to have replacements ready, and you can't just the guys that are going to be called up as replacements. They have to go to training camp. They have to get ready to play. Otherwise, all of those concerns we had about getting injured, you know, coming back and playing playoff type basketball without having worked out with the team uh, during, you know, at least that little month training camp that they're going to have in July and so forth. You, you have to you have to open up the roster spots. I and mean, it's always pretty sure now that they're opening them up at least two roster spots on every team so that you can at least bring in your two-way players. I think also that if they had a chance to bring in Boogie, that they might, they might waive somebody at this point in time. Because they're still there. They've loosened, the, they've loosened the rules so that they can do that. So, I, yeah. hope, I hope they'll find a place for DeMarcus Cousins because uh, even at his age, even with his injuries, I still think he can be an effective player, especially next season, which is what you're looking forward to. Yep. If you can sign him to a contract of a year or more, that's what I would be looking more towards than just signing him for the here and now because I don't know how effective he could seriously be during a playoff run. I mean, Golden State tried. They tried. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, they were one DeMarcus Cousins' free throw away from actually kind of being very yeah. competitive in that series with Toronto or even get to the point where they could have actually won that series. So, Despite all the injuries. Despite all the injuries. So, which tells you, I think, that had they been at full health, I think. Golden well, State if, you, if you, you remember, I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago. 
looking back at the Bucks and Clippers wins and what was really important about those wins, because I, I felt it was a blueprint for how the Lakers were going to be succeed in the playoffs, especially against those two teams. And one of the keys was playing a lot of small ball. And basically, even though they played a lot of small ball with Anthony Davis, they played half of the game with Anthony Davis or Marquise Morris playing the five. Well, neither Morris nor Davis shot the ball well at all from the five. In those two games, I think they ended up one for eight and one for 20. So, But what they did do is they drew the defense out because they had to cover them. And, and that's the one thing that Cousins can do that JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard just cannot do. They can pull the other center out of the middle of the lane and open it up for LeBron James and Anthony Davis to attack. And that was one of the reasons why we saw so many good drives by Davis and by LeBron late in the game to score baskets underneath. Um, we really opened up the defense that way. Both the Bucks and the Clippers' defensive strategy, basically, is a drop coverage strategy on every pick and roll and every situation like that. Their center stays back. They'll give you that little mid-range shot because they want you to shoot that. But they will, they will try to make sure that you do not get to the basket. Um, and that's been successful in early in the season against the Lakers. Um, and, and the big difference is that Cousins is the guy who is perfect to play that game because he, the year before he got injured, when he was playing with the Pelicans, he was on mark to shoot over 500 threes that season. Um, at that point in time, that was the record that, that, uh, that, uh, had been set by, uh, a former Laker, you know, uh, you just need a center who's really going to have gravity out there at the three-point line to make it impossible for the opposing team to clog up the middle. And Boogie can do that. I've seen him in, in shots in February and March uh, warming up where he was shooting pretty good. So that's one thing that you don't need to have your full wheels for, your full lift for, and so forth, if you can hit from outside. Um, it's something that we really need to do. And and I think even if we see that, we'll see Davis play a lot more center. So I think it's smart if Dwight would show up because I think his role is going to be more limited in the playoffs, both Dwight's and JaVale's, just because of the need for the Lakers to play a lot more stretch five uh, and small ball. Well, we'll see how this all plays out. I mean, you and I will be speaking again right on the cusp of that signing period where they could possibly – get DeMarcus Cousins or make room for DeMarcus Cousins or find a spot for DeMarcus Cousins or anyone else for that matter that they could be interested in. I mean, we're going to be talking right around the cusp of all those heavy rumors on who may be signed and who may not be coming up uh, next week. And so I'm looking it's going forward to that. to be like free that. agency again, huh? It will be for at least a short period of time. It'll be, I don't, it won't be that frantic because there's not that many options. So let's, let's, let's get, let's keep this in perspective. There's not that many great Options that can help any team, whether it's the Lakers, yeah. Clippers, Bucks, not Trailblazers. Play, you need you need that's the veterans that you're looking for because you don't want to bring G League guys up to star in the playoffs. Yeah, or two way guys it, or anything it, like yeah, that. Yeah, it's right? better. It's veterans time. It's yeah. the Jamal Crawfords and the J.R. Smiths, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Lakers. Yeah, when you when you even think about the fact that the league, one of the solutions the league is going to come up with is. Certain players don't want to play. It's okay. And if you combine that with the threat of coronavirus positive testing, the threat of injuries because guys aren't in full shape yet, 
that says the roster's got to be expanded. So you may see the Lakers looking to add more than just DeMarcus Cousins. It may be DeMarcus Cousins and J.R. Smith or Jamal Crawford or somebody like that. Uh, I wouldn't be all surprised that the Lakers would double down on getting some veteran shooters to spread the floor a little bit more. Well, we'll definitely see what's going to go on, my friend. Uh, I'm interested to see, like I said, the next time we talk, it'll be right around that the cusp of that rumorville as what will be taking place about that time. I think it's going to be heating up at that point in time. But before then, obviously, we need to go ahead and, and keep focused on who actually is leaning in and who's leaning out of playing in Orlando. And again, we're not going to fault anybody for doing either or because of the fact that there's so many important issues that need to be discussed and need to be, you know, need to have a conversation on and need to have changed in our society. I can't fault for anybody choosing either path or option. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Before we head on out, my friend, I know there's a lot of stuff going on at Lakerholics.net. So I want to talk to you now about all the great things that are going on at Lakerholics.net. Well, we've obviously been discussing the DeMarcus Cousins situation to death. Uh, uh, I think that most of the most of the Laker fans on that site are really DeMarcus Cousins fans. Um, there's a few people that are still, you know, wondering whether or not he really has enough gas left in the tank to really make a difference. Can he really come back after three injuries on the same leg and so forth? My answer to those people was basically that the Lakers themselves – must have had real strong reasons for why after he injured his leg and injured tore his ACL in preseason that they kept him on the roster all the way through up until the last day of the deadline before cutting him in order to make room for Markeith Morris. And that was partly a reason you really couldn't have counted at that point in time that he was going to come back at all for this season. So there had to be something there that they really felt that DeMarcus was going to be able to recover and be a big enough impact player the next year that they would waste an entire roster spot for the whole season by keeping him. And I know that that it was a difficult decision to make to replace him at the last time when they needed Morris to come in. So I think the Lakers basically have, a, have obviously been talking to the doctors He's been obviously working out in the facilities. Even after he was uh, cut from the team, the league gave him permission. So up until the point in time where the COVID-19 caused the suspension of the season, DeMarcus was working out with the Lakers. He was working out with the trainers. He was in their staff. He was in their locker room. He was in their medical facilities at, at the UCLA Health Clinic there. So I think the Lakers have a good understanding of what they can really expect when he comes back. And at what point in time that'll be, we don't know. I haven't heard anything at all publicly of anybody saying anything about DeMarcus being in shape and so forth. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as that comes forward. But that and and then just the, the same discussions that, that we've had today about 
what a tough decision, uh, and you can't blame anybody for for what they want to do and what they think is the right thing to do at this point in time. It's really, you know, everyone wants to win a championship, but like Dwight Howard said, if if the better route maybe is to win a championship for Black Lives Matter rather than the Los Angeles Lakers, then how could you fault somebody for that, especially a black athlete like Dwight Howard? So I agree with you 100% that I'm going to support every one of the players on the Lakers and any NBA team on what they want to do and what they decide to do. However, I believe the leadership of the NBA and the Players Association will end up with a consensus and almost everybody will, I think, happily join along with that consensus, having had their chance. I think we'll also see some adjustments to address the various concerns that have been legitimately raised by people. There may be some strong, united front put forward by the league as well as the players for Black Lives Matter. There may be a large commitment financially, maybe by the league, to augment the money that is needed to continue to push that cause. I think we'll see expanded rosters. I think we'll see things to make sure that players feel safer and and not having to feel like they're going to have to play such huge minutes and risk getting serious injuries. I think we may see some insurance for players who are, let's say, in a contract situation where they really are looking for a big contract next year and they're risking coming back and playing and then a possible injury and so forth. So I think we'll see a lot of accommodations and and a sort of a, a merging of all of the various concerns that the players have and addressing of that by the league and by the players, players association. And in the end, that they'll come to a consensus and we'll end up having basketball again. But with some protections and assurances that all of the items, all of the issues that were raised in this discussion that's going on right now will have been heard and addressed. And hopefully you can be a part of the conversation to share your thoughts today at Lakerholics.net. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you. I know, again, next week in our conversation, we're going to go deeper into the options that the Lakers might have because we'll hear more and more rumors on what's going on and who's going to be added. We'll also hear more and more confirmation, hopefully, on who may or may not be attending. So we'll discuss that as well and the possible deeper divide, which, like I said, is either which way you're not going to be able to fault these players at all on which way they go, whether they stay or whether they play. I mean, they should be commended on making a statement either which way. And I'll tell you what, we're going to support, like you said, every single NBA player that decides to stay or that decides to play coming up in Orlando. But I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great talking to you on today's show. Again, if you have any questions, you can always hit me up at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Laker Tom. He's got the easiest handle out there at Laker Tom. But Tom, it's been great talking to you once again. Looking forward to the next time we chat right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>